Before we start today's episode, let's talk about melasma. Pigmentation is something I've been battling with over the years and my pregnancy only amplified it. One of VitaGlow's revolutionary new products, Radiance, was designed to work with your skin to combat uneven skin tone. Whether you're worried about dark spots, sun damage, lackluster skin, or like me, hormonal melasma, Radiance has been clinically studied to improve your complexion when taken daily. Taking this ingestible capsule each morning has helped me to reclaim my skin confidence. Use code VGPeaches at checkout for 20% off. I wanted to be a Barbie doll. Like I wanted the long blonde fake hair. I put bloody blue contacts in. I wanted the boob job. Anything that wasn't me, I wanted to look like. In hospital, like I saw her soul floating above her. It was just the most mind blowing thing. You're listening to The Peaches Podcast, a show by Tori Clapham and myself, Beck Chidiak. This is not a show about fitness. This is a collection of stories and conversations with some of the most inspiring people we know. This is The Peaches Podcast. Welcome back to The Peaches Podcast. Last week, we spoke to Cassie Maynard about her divorce, and we're back with part two of her amazing story. Up next, we're discussing Cassie's explant surgery, the loss of her beloved mother and her own journey to finding love again before becoming a mother herself. Here's Cass. Hey Cass, welcome back. Uh, So we are going to progress into finding out a little bit more about the new Cassie. New beginnings, baby. Talk to us about dating and um, and all the kind of, I know there were some pretty big physical transformations as well. Yeah, look, I had so much fun getting back out there. (laughs) (laughs) I dated a lot of young men, which was just, you know, it's fun. I was just feeling... Yeah, it was so healing. (laughs) (laughs) Um, Yeah, it was a lot, you know. I had some really nice romances. Uh, Some of them were overseas and that was cool because I got to go and visit them. I say them. (laughs) There's two overseas. I got to visit them both on the one trip that I was on. Um, <laughs> I bow down. I to just you. had fun. That was just yeah. It was it was just fun. That's the only word I can describe it. Just you needed something light. Drank too much, and yeah, it was just light, and I felt sexy and stupid. <laughs> no, I mean silly, like as in having fun, silly. Um, yeah, I don't know. It was just a really good time where the the young cast got to just come out and explore and have fun. Um, yeah, I also, as I said on the last potty, um, I did, had a lot of Botox put in my face <laughs> at that time and I was really concerned about my look and you know, my hair getting done all the time. My nails were always done. I always had a full face of makeup. I really worked on my body. Um, and, you know, it was all about the look, all about what I looked like, not about what was going on really inside, those wounds that I hadn't healed. <laughs> um, so I did spend a lot of time after I partied hard, really working on myself and really finding out who I was, like who was Cass and who was she becoming and who, what did she want and, you know, what, where was I going? Cass, <laughs> I was a can, little bit lost. Can I <laughs> ask what was it that made you stop focusing on what you look like and then start focusing or shift focusing into who you are and what, what you want? I think it was just the more healing work I did. So I was, I started healing work 
like straight after or during the divorce process, but I don't think I took it really seriously until I stopped the major partying. <laughs> well, it didn't really integrate how it should have at that time. Um, so when I was doing this healing and really spending time just with me and going within and started meditating and started really feeling in my body rather than just numbing it was when it was like, oh, parts of this are feeling clunky and not connected and not aligned. And But I remember being so surrounded by this world, which was the fitness industry and, you know, friends and lots of blue ticks I was hanging around at that time, <laughs> Instagram blue tick people. Image, image, um, image. It was image, 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 exactly. So it was, it was hard to keep coming back to what my truth was. And I don't think it's really, really landed until I, I left Sydney, until I moved to Byron and I was, I was away from that distraction, the distractions that kept pulling my – I was being led more by my ego in Sydney rather than my truth and my heart and my soul. Whilst you were in, it was in Sydney that you underwent a big physical transformation and let go a part mm. of your body. You had an explant. Um, so you had your implants yeah. removed. What? Removed. Tell us about that. Yeah. So I had two sets of implants put in. My first set was when I was in living in Dubai working for Emirates and everything's plastic fantastic there. It was so easy to get a pair of implants. Like everyone was getting them. It was like buying milk from the corner store. Um, so that was my first insert of implants at 25. call it my quarter-life crisis. <laughs> and I came back to Sydney and... One of them, I there was something wrong with one of them. I had a bubble in it. And when I went to get them done again or through the process of getting them done, um, I went bigger. So I went to a juicy size E. Can I and, ask why you, you know, wanted to go bigger? Oh, mate, who knows? <laughs> I was <happy> with myself. <laughs> yeah, just... Did bigger feel better? Bigger felt more journal. sexy and all of that? Bigger felt... Exactly. Bigger felt more sexy. I wanted to be a Barbie doll. Like, I wanted the long blonde... I did have the long blonde fake hair. I, ha I put bloody blue contacts in. I wanted the boob job. I wanted... You know, I wanted to look like this... Something that was... Definitely not me in any way. <laughs> Anything that wasn't me, I wanted to look like. Like I felt like that's what I needed to look like, to be loved, to be approved. Um, it blows my mind that you goes. wore contacts. Like you have some of the most stunning <laughs> green eyes, like such a red, beautiful colour. I can't believe you wore contacts. I know. Wow, Cass. How ridiculous. I'll send you a photo. It's pretty funny. It would be funny. like you putting in um, brown contacts or something. <laughs> <laughs> what the fuck are you doing? Yeah. Um, and did it, at so, the time, did it feel good? Like did it did it satiate yeah, that urge? Yeah, absolutely. I, I, felt, I felt really good and confident at that time. It made me feel confident. So I, I'm not poo-pooing it at all. Like I think – you had some fun with That's those boobs. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, it's, uh, it's hurt me for a very long time. But um, something I haven't shared before is when my mum was diagnosed with cancer, which was, oh, my gosh, coming up to three years ago now, um, that's when I really was like, what am I doing? I'm, I've got these something fake in my body. I'm like injecting myself with all this stuff. And it just really made me reassess my health and what was important. You know, I'm seeing my mum sick and I thought she was a healthy lady, you know, and I'm seeing her suffer and go through all this. And I have a choice 
by, you know, what I put in my body and what's in my body. It just didn't feel right anymore. And she never liked my boobs and neither did, I mean, no one in my family did. It was always like, you need to get them removed before you have kids, <laughs> which I'm very grateful I did. <laughs> yeah, so that was, that was a time where like, oh, yeah, this is not right. This doesn't feel right anymore. And it just wasn't my vibe anymore. When I started to move into, you know, who I truly was and get more connected with my feminine, I, I was like, it just didn't feel right to have these big boobs. And that would be the first thing that people would look at. They weren't looking at my smile or my eyes. It was like these big, big, juicy size E boobies that weren't real and like no matter how much I tried to hide them they were they were big. Cass I remember that we were really close when you were going through your transition to no longer liking your implants and I remember um as our friendship progressed like your clothing went from really revealing to you suddenly like not suddenly I suppose like over time you started to hide your body more and more and I distinctly remember one night we're on a bit of a bender. We'd had way too many wines. It was some wee hour in the morning. You remember at our apartment? And um, <laughs> and we started talking about your boobs. And um, and I remember you saying, I, I'm thinking about getting them out. And that, of course, launched a huge conversation around your attachment to them, what you thought that they were. What, oh, my God, um, you would have loved having this conversation. Oh, it was such a having... fucking banging conversation. I was like, tell me more. Um, yeah, and it was um, – it's funny to think that after that, like I wasn't sure if it was like a drunk chat and then um, the next day we spoke about it again and um, – and then you did it. Not long, no, really not long after. I think it was only a couple months after. It was after our peaches retreat. She was yes. getting them removed. That's right. Yes. And yes. And I was talking to your mum about them. She was telling her your about your ex, her explanation. Yeah. As she does yeah. five and minutes that really into a conversation. Helped. Yeah, it really helped to talk to someone that had gone through it. And I remember her saying, Oh, I love my boobs after. And that just changed everything for me. I was like, oh, wait, they can actually look good after? (laughs) And, yeah, I got them removed and they looked amazing. (laughs) They really did. And this is a story that I share and that's why I created my my Instagram page, Explant Tribe, as well as I did start a podcast, which I haven't continued but there's definitely a season there um talking to people well you know that have had issues with their boobs or got them removed or put them in or whatever it is because I think this topic needs to be spoken about and getting them removed is a big thing because it's an identity like you've had these boobs you've you've attached a meaning to them what they you know how they define you and then to have them removed is like to removing this piece of you that you've had um, so it was it was a big decision to get them removed. Maybe the second biggest decision after divorce. <laughs> and uh, yeah, but it was the the operation was so smooth. It it the he, the healing process was great, and I never felt better. I I can't believe I had them for so long, and I am glad I got them removed before I had. Because one, I can't imagine even how big that would be, and two, just him being attached to my boob, you know, and not knowing this is not natural, this is not how it should be. Um, yeah, so that was a, a very, very good decision. Did you feel different sexually when you had your boobs removed? Like, what was like sexual experience when you've got these, you know, big, juicy boobs? Obviously you know, well, quite a very sexual part of the body. And then when you have them removed, how did you feel in like that first sexual encounter, if you don't mind me asking, were you conscious of like any kind of scarring or what they looked like or what they felt like? I remember I was conscious of the scars, but not what they looked like. I felt sexier than I have ever felt with the smaller boobs. It just felt more me. 
it yeah and I loved looking at them I mean they've changed again now because I'm obviously gone through pregnancy and breastfeeding <laughs> they're still fabulous but <laughs> they, they were great like they were just these perky B cup I loved my nipples like everything I was like wow I I, I felt really sexy naked and also my body shape changed as soon as I got them removed I yeah, it was like my body was holding lots of fluid or something. Like it, yeah, I don't know. Just um, what am I trying to say? Inflammation in my body from having these boobs. So I felt great. Even though I had to stop training, like doing what I was doing beforehand, I, I shifted how I moved after that. And that's when I started really diving into Peach's Pilates and walking and doing more feminine style movement rather than that masculine go, 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 which I was so enthralled in. Um, yeah, so it just it just shifted, again, me more into that feminine way of moving and being. You did a lot of um, deep diving into your relationship with the way that you moved your body. Um, mm. You were really burnt out from the style of training that you were accustomed to the early mornings, the high impact. Um, can you talk to us a little bit more about that? Yeah. Also the long black I'd have at 5 a.m. in the morning to wake me up to go to it. So it was just kind of like stress on stress on stress. I would wake up 5 a.m., have my long black, I would work. And a long black is a big a old coffee. Like it's not like a little, you know, something, something. Long black gets you it's wild um, yeah and then I'd and then I'd have another coffee after training after teaching so I could go and do my 50 minute hardcore fucking all out <laughs> training session my body was just oh, it was just crying out for help it was just not it was just not going to survive that way you know and it wasn't like I got majorly injured or anything like that, but it was just, it was the burnout. It was that feeling of like, I am always exhausted, like always exhausted. And I didn't know whether that was the connection after like because of the implants or like it was a combination of that and how I was doing everything. It was just, I just couldn't, couldn't do it anymore. And it was, it was the same in the way I was working. You know, that really go, 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 no rest, no spaciousness, no, yeah, I was just not giving myself enough time to to just be. I, so um, I, I remember when you started doing more low impact and training a lot at the studio um, with us, um, I really saw in you what we see in a lot of clients was that your body was inflamed and I, we spoke about this. I was like, Cass, like your, your body doesn't have a chance to heal. So you're mm. swollen. Um, and I remember your, your body transformed when you actually did less. And I think that that is such a lesson for us as women to learn. I went through it too. Before I started Peaches, I was really into freaking pump. And the whole experience was so stressful. You get in there and you're trying to put out your weights and no one would wait for you. And, you know, you lift heavier, go faster. No one checked your form. And I look back at my body at that time and I was inflamed and I do like mm. it's it might be a sort of unpopular opinion but I do think that there are training methods that are more beneficial for men and there are training methods that are more beneficial for women and whether we like it or not we are designed differently we have the amount of testosterone that the average seven-year-old boy has so of course our bodies aren't going to be able to lift and pull and drag and jump in the same way. And that's okay. We have mm. other ways that we're strong, okay? We can grow a human inside of our stomachs. There's a lot of things. And push it out of and our vagina. Out of our um, or not. Or get it cut out through layers of muscle, which is also insanely impressive. Um, but I just, I, I think that um, your message to your community was, was really powerful um, and you, you had a real thing going on there. I remember you did like a you did an event around more low impact training. Yeah, well, I I really explored how to work 
work, work out, move with my cycle. And I know that you guys have also explored this with peaches, which I think people are waking up to this now in the way that we should or we our bodies benefit more from us working with our cycle rather than against it. Yeah, so I really did dive deep in that and I wanted to share that message and it really helped me as well by by sharing. It, it helped me ex- even explore deeper into my own body and how what feels good, like what actually feels good? Why am I going and doing this intense class in the morning when I need to have another cup of coffee beforehand just to get me get the energy up to be able to go and you know you kind of dread it even though you feel good after it but then you've exhausted like that's that can't be good and yeah I just really when I started investigating and understanding the different phases of the cycle and what our body's doing and how we should be feeling at these times. It just gave me permission to slow the fuck down and really like, you know, when I'm on my bleed, enjoy doing nothing. Like don't feel guilty. Don't feel guilty because your body can't physically do all it shouldn't be doing something right now because it's doing so much already you know like what you're 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 shedding and releasing this is a time where you can really spend time going within and slowing down and you know be on the couch watching netflix fine like here's your permission (laughs) do it well i think that this leads us perfectly into your conception and your journey from mm. maiden to mother. Talk to us about, I mean, I... Firstly, I, meeting the father. Oh, yes. <laughs> Let's take a step back. He is also important. <laughs> he plays a part. <laughs> he does. Half the part. Um, yeah, so this was... Uh, I met him on a boat party through a mutual friend again. Like, this is this is the meeting. Um and that's actually quite enough, different these days because usually people just swipe left or right. Oh yeah, so, yeah. yeah. I was never good on those apps. <laughs> never good. Never so well done, you. Me. I tried. I tried. Um, yeah. So met to a mutual friends. This mutual friend was DJing for this boat party. I was going to watch her, and he was a guest of hers for the night. Um, and we as met in romantically? No, 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 just as friends, just as friends. But when I remember walking in, he was the first person I saw. And I walked up and I gave him a kiss and a hug, like as if I knew him, but I didn't. So it was like this soul connection thing or like, this is weird. Um, so from that night, I won't go into the details, but we basically started a relationship. <laughs> it happened really quickly and organically and beautifully. We have been connected in many lifetimes before. So we are meant to be together for this period of time in this lifetime, which is really fucking exciting and feels really supportive and beautiful. Um, yeah, but funnily enough, he lived on my street and – I didn't know him. He also had other mutual friends of mine and this was kind of our first meeting. And my hairdresser lived in his building. So I had walked past him a few times. So just like weird little moments that had happened before we actually did connect and form a relationship. Um, yeah, so it was, he's just amazing. He's amazing. He makes me feel so safe and supported. He's so loving and caring and just allows me to be me, you know, even in those moments where I feel like I am losing myself, which has happened a lot in the past year, which we'll go into detail soon. But, um, yeah, the relationship just, as I said, happened really organically and we decided to make the move to Byron um, when the big C hit. And it just all worked out and was just like it was no force whatsoever. It just flowed, worked. We found this property, like a beautiful cottage in Byron and 
yeah, just moving was the best thing that we both could have done. Like we've both just grown and oh, just realised what's important in, in our lives and what we really want to do and what we're here to share. And I just don't think it could have happened in Sydney for us. And conception also happened very easily, which I don't speak about often either. So I know, Tori, you experience a really tough time, but for us it happened really easily. And why I think that was for a couple of reasons. I just saw a butterfly flying past. Oh. <laughs> Universe wants me to share this story. Um, was one, if we hadn't, if it hadn't have, this soul wanted to drop in. And I think we would have kept making up excuses like got to do this, got to do that, like so much to do. We wouldn't have actually, yeah, wouldn't have dropped in that quickly. Um, the other reason is my mum passed away in August, just gone, and I believe she had a big part in the whole process of me becoming pregnant in the fact that she passed away when I was 30 weeks pregnant. So um, her birthday is also two days before Asha was born. So I just feel like it was just, it was something to keep me going. You know, it was, it was time for me to step into mother. I was losing my mother, which is huge, but it was like that, um, Circle of life. I don't know, that beautiful balance of being able to step up and into this new role, not having her physically, but she's here spiritually with me every single day. So there would have been if she was a five. So, yeah, it happened It happened really easily. And, it, yeah, pregnancy for me wasn't great, though. I didn't enjoy it. I, it, was, it was one of the toughest times in my life I my initiation started as soon as I got pregnant and that was nothing was working for me. It was like my business wasn't everything I try and do. It was like, just wasn't working. It just didn't feel like, I just felt like I had to let go of everything. I had to let go of everything and just be pregnant. Like that was my focus. He was guiding me to do this. Just enjoy the pregnancy. Really fucking drop into this surrender, this flow, this trust, this. And that was hard for me coming from go, 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 always doing something. You know, I've been on Instagram for many years working with that space and working with lots of brands and always collaborating with people and, you know, starting online programs and guiding people and, you know, coaching people. To go to nothing was like, (laughs) yeah, it was a big time. And then also my mum was very sick, something I didn't share publicly out of respect for her and respect for what my family was going through and what I was going through and trying to process that um, to losing her eventually uh, in August. So it's, yeah, pregnancy was, was not a good time. It was not a... It was emotionally a really challenging time for me. Cass, can um, I ask you a question when you said that you went from go, 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 and then when you were pregnant to literally just being pregnant, what's something you learned about yourself when you actually had to stop that surprised you about yourself? That I really enjoy alone time. I really enjoy one-on-one time. And I was always, you girls will probably remember me in Bondi, like always around so many people. Like every birthday was like a fucking festival. It was like people from everywhere, come, 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 it's me, celebrate me. Um, and now it's, it just feels like less is more for me. Like those one-on-one connections, those that one-on-one time I can have, it really feeds my soul. And time alone is like, oh, so good. Like just being able to sit in a ceremony or in a beautiful ritual and like it just, yeah, it really, it really fills, fills me up. Whereas before I thought I needed so much more. I'm so sorry mm. that you lost your beautiful mum. I, I seem to know a lot of people, I don't, I don't even know how to 
articulate the the cycle here, but as you described it, you were losing your mother and becoming one. I know like a handful, like a generous handful of women who experienced what you did where they, they lost their own mother right when they were going to become a mother themselves. And it's such a poignant, pivotal, you know, huge transformation in your life where, you know, genuinely like you you want and need your mother. So for you to have gone through that after having just lost her is so huge. Would, mm. Are you – would you – be comfortable sharing with us like I know you did a lot of preparation before your birth on clearing your energy and focusing on like your new beginning would would you share with us um that process yeah um one thing that I was really important I when my mum was in hospital on her like a final week of living um I had a call with this beautiful healer who just confirmed to me that being in my spiritual body is how I'm going to get through this. And that that's been the biggest blessing is really having that strong connection to spirit, to, to that side of me. Um, because I don't think I would have been able to process it as quickly as I have not that I've processed it all but I've been able to come to terms with it and accept it and know that mum is still here every day I talk to her and it's that's beautiful so it's definitely like I I had a beautiful support crew Um, so I had healers I had a beautiful doula Um, I've been working with kinesiology the energy work for many years now so just being able to clear anything that needs to clear so I can be in my body and be stay really grounded and yeah but then also be able to connect with that spiritual side um, my spiritual body so would you say that your um your intention was to understand that your mother while she wasn't physically with you was still there spiritually and choosing to kind of take the next step of your life embracing her in a new in a new realm form absolutely absolutely and yeah I in hospital like I saw her soul floating above her it was just the most uh, mind-blowing thing in the world and that's when I was like okay there's something here I need to just keep connecting with her in this way and I do like she talks to me every day and I know people that are not really in that spiritual realm will be like what the fuck but it's really helped me knowing that she's always with me she's seeing everything Asher is experiencing she was with me through the entire birth um she guides me every single day and yeah it's it's a beautiful feeling because she couldn't have done that here she was so sick she was so in her head she was so conditioned in a certain way like but now that she's free from her body her soul is you know living truth um, so yeah, that's really, it's really helped and it's, really it's really beautiful. Yeah. Cass, your birth. I mm. feel like this is another really big subject, um, because mm. you had a planned home birth. I did. Yeah. I had everything set up. <laughs> yep. I had it all. I was doing everything I possibly could to have this home birth. And the reason for this is not because I don't believe in the medical system or because I moved to Byron. No, no, no. It's because I saw my mum being sick and die in hospital. So to me, the hospital had a really, I was in and out of hospital all the time over the last few years and it had just a really yucky negative feeling towards it. Um, That makes so much sense. 
yeah, that's kind of why I went down that path. And I'm glad I did because the work I did and in the lead up, like it, it was all a part of it. I, I needed to go through that. But the actual birth, it just, it wasn't meant to be a home birth. I, I needed, I needed help in the end. Um, and I've still got my birth, my birth, what was my birth space is now my healing room, the room I do my ceremonies in. Like it's a, you know, it's my, my beautiful space that has got that energy in there, That's you know, so and it will cool. be there forever, which is really nice. So, yes, birth did not go to plan. I got to 40 plus four days, my mum's birthday, so 17th of August, and the midwife came over for a checkup as she did every week and in the lead up, and uh, my blood pressure was really high. And she checked it again and again and again because she thought maybe it's because of the circumstances of my mum's birthday and what I was going through on that day. Um, and she's like, I am so sorry, but I'm going to have to send you to the Tweed Hospital. And, yeah, it was a shock. And I think from that moment I was in shock until he was born. <laughs> like I just couldn't. <laughs> it was It was. Yeah, it was just not what I expected. And that's what birth is, right? You get what you need and you're not meant to know what happens. And if I hadn't known that was going to happen, I would have been in my head and trying to plan it from there. But I didn't. And it just, yeah, it was it was a big experience for me, a big initiation into motherhood. Um, I had all the intervention. I ended up crying out for that fucking epidural because I was in so much pain because I was induced and every, when you're induced, it's You don't need to have a reason to want an epidural. It doesn't no, matter no. that you were induced. Oh. It is a normal requirement. I like was I, an induced babe. I had so, the epi. I always say to people that, like, would you get an ingrown toenail it operated was the best on thing without ever. pain relief? Like, uh, there's way too much bullshit surrounding birth and pain relief. Like, let it be heard. I know. I let know. the people hear it. Yeah, I know. And I and and now, like, in Jordan and I said that when we came out of hospital, like, oh, it's it's gone too far the other way now. Where it's like, if you don't have a natural birth, you're a shit person. Like, <laughs> you, it's like one way or the other. Like, you know, your birth is going to be your birth, and no matter how it is, whether it is a C-section elected, whether it is an emergency, whatever it is, it's your birth and it's a sacred time. It's a sacred space for you and your partner. We also and get the same prize at the end. Like we exactly. all get the baby. You yes. don't get a gold, silver or bronze baby. You just no. get the baby. I love yes. what you said, Cass. It really resonated with me when you said you get what you need. And I kind mm. of like to think that like you can't get it all. So, like, for example, you and Beck, boom, pregnant. Me, not so much. My birth mm. was a little bit different from yours. And, like, yes. you can't, you don't get. You I can't mean, have I, it all. Yeah, I don't want to be, like, um, nasty about it. But, like, I don't think you're going to have a fairy tale conception, pregnancy, birth, and postnatal period. At some point, no. there's going to be a little bit of resistance. And that's life. And actually, like, it's bloody character building you know we we yeah. need to struggle to recognize the good mm-hmm. oh yeah that's where the growth happens as much as we don't like it at the time that's where it's happening so, <laughs> sorry you i'm just like moving moving on <laughs> no um i just want to say one thing yeah. more thing about your birth before we move on yeah um i remember speaking to you afterwards and i was so proud with your um, ability to totally embrace the birth that you had because I was a little bit worried that you were going to sort of mourn the birth that you didn't have, which which is normal and women do mourn the birth that they planned for and didn't have. But when we spoke, mm. you were like, babe, <laughs> shit did not go how I thought it would. And the first thing you said to me was, I am so proud. My body yeah. is amazing. I, you <laughs> literally wrote those words to me and it actually makes me tear up now because – that is so awesome to be able to just recognize something beautiful when it's right in front of your face. Like when you have this beautiful baby in front of you. And that's a big thing to recognize mm. at yeah. that time. And you've been through this huge physical trauma to be able to just look at what's in front of you rather than look back and think what if and if only. Um, it's so cool. 
Yeah. Well, when, when I was still in hospital, it was definitely, oh, like I was so upset. I was so angry. There were so many emotions that I was moving through. But coming back home in my own space and, and just being able to start that postpartum journey, how I really wanted to, you know, feel, um, that's when I could sit in it and be like, oh, my gosh, I'm fucking amazing. Can you tell us about your postpartum journey Mm. and your little boy? Yeah, Yeah. (laughs) Asha Ali. Oh, he's just the best. He's so divine. It's amazing how you can just love this little human so much, even though they shit and spew and bite your nipples and all the things. But, um, yeah, he's just amazing. Um, I... I feel like I really nailed postpartum. (laughs) Yeah, I I feel super grateful. I mean, yes, there were times and days and moments where I was like, oh, my gosh, this is hard. And I remember messaging you towards week two being like, can I drink wine? And you're like, hells yes, you can. (laughs) I've been having it every night. And that was a saviour for me. Um, yeah, but I feel like I, I was really supported. I had Jordan home with me and I planned just how I wanted to feel, as I said. So I was focused on just resting. It was just about the rest. It was just about that connection with Asha and our new little family. Um, I had a beautiful doula who would come and visit. I had body work sessions with a beautiful postpartum um, woman that would come over. Uh, we had meals cooked for us. We, it just felt really, a really, I felt really nourished. Felt like it had been through war. Sorry, <laughs> I, think I just cut out. Right your, did you say your body felt like oh. it had been through war? Yeah, yeah. My body had been through war. The stitches, the hemorrhoids, the bleeding. The, you know, your your body just looks. Ugh a mess and feels a mess but I just really felt like I was doing everything I could to help the healing process I was doing the energy work I Cairo um yeah just really wanted to make sure my body was healing how it should be so I could focus on baby and that connection and breastfeeding and sleeping and <laughs> um, yeah so I started writing love notes to myself uh, which I'm hoping will be a book one day we'll see how that manifests and it's called yeah I, I called it dear mama so every entry is a dear mama and it was just just a little love note to myself um, just about getting through the times and that really helped um, yeah so you've done a lot I don't of know, I feel like- you've spoken a lot about your relationship with your body um you know your new relationship with your new body and it's something that you know Beck and I talk about it a lot it's it's a journey as a mum mm-hmm. um and I really admire the way that you have embraced and basically just cared for yourself in this period like I noticed that you sold a lot of your old clothes that no longer served you. And I, I applaud that because who wants a pair of jeans sitting in the cupboard that they don't fit anymore that make them feel like shit? My friend mm-hmm. Betsy, one of my best friends, is also a new mum and um, she was saying that she um, is a member of a clothing subscription, um, which was really helpful for her during pregnancy when her body was constantly changing, but also after pregnancy. So rather than looking at your old clothes and wondering when you're going to fit them again, you've kind of got access to all of these new clothes um, that can change with you as you change. Oh, I love that. Yeah, that's amazing. Yeah, it was just, yeah, I put a lot of pressure on myself and I also had this expectation that I would just lose weight really easily after I'd given birth. And people say that when you breastfeed, you know, you're burning so many calories and you lose all this weight and like, that hasn't happened for me and I'm five months postpartum and I'm a size 12. My body has not bounced back and nor am I pressuring it to. I, it was only this morning 
I did my first weight session and I'm okay with that. I'm accept, I've accepted that my focus has been to heal my body. So it, when it, you know, it's ready to move in the way that, yeah, I'm, I don't know. We just, that readiness of I'm not rushing it in any way, but yeah, I just I feel like there's just so much shit out there about trying to get the body back and programs and and if and I know you guys are advocates for what I am talking about as well that it's just bullshit. Like it's bullshit. We should be appreciating our body where it's at. And I have days where I feel like, oh, I'm really heavy and I feel uncomfortable. And of course, I have those moments. But you've got so much just more trying. on your plate as well. Yeah, that's it. Like, that's not my focus. I was saying in the podcast, our first podcast, that for me, I kind of let that same position as you, like that wasn't where my focus was. And it hasn't been until about the last three months where I feel Mm. ready to reclaim a part of my body back, not what it was, because it's never going to be like that. But like, I'm ready to feel not confident in my own skin because I am confident within who I am, but confident in my clothes a little bit more, confident in my swimmers mm. a little bit more. And I feel like, yeah, you get to a time and I think it's different timing for everybody, but it's when you feel like you've got a little bit more of a grip on your day-to-day life as a mother where you finally find that little bit of space where you're like, I am ready to like re-find this like, part of me that's – that makes me have a little bit more of a spring in my step and that makes me go, oh, hey, you, to yourself. Um, and that was yeah. only two, two, three months, not even three months ago, about two months ago, where I was like, okay, it's time. And Hunter's yeah. turning one this weekend. Yes. Mm. Well, I think w- yeah. what we yeah. try to advocate yeah. at Peaches is that it, it's so individual to the mother. We have this amazing postnatal program that Beck created in her really tender postpartum months. And people ask us all the time, when should I start? And the only thing we kind of specify is like, do not start too soon. Like you need to speak to not only a doctor, but like a physio. Someone needs to look at your body and tell you that you're ready to move because there's a lot more that goes on than just pushing a baby out, your pelvic floor, abdominal suppression, all of that stuff. So we say to mums like, you can start our postnatal program whenever the hell you want. And I think Mm. that like... You know, I really admire the fact that you did your first weight session this week and that's when you felt ready. For me, I started doing a little bit of weights training earlier. It's funny because that's dropped off now because Izzy went through a regression and I'm like being hectically fatigued. So I'm not doing any kind of hectic training like that. Not, not that my training technique is ever hectic, but the only thing I'm doing right now is walking in Pilates because I know that's what my body needs. But previously, I came out of pregnancy having had um, pubic symphysis dysfunctions. I could even could barely walk. So I was so excited to train again and it felt really good for me to rebuild. So mm. I just, I think that the message here is that all three of us Listen are new to moms. Your body. Yeah. And there's yeah. no, there's no yeah. right time, you know? No, that's it. And so when you get that six week all clear, so that doesn't mean you go out and, get straight back into it where you left off. I think that was something that used to frustrate me when I was a trainer. Mums would come back and they just didn't, they weren't ready in any way. They'd come in frazzled, like the, you know, baby's not sleepy, hasn't didn't sleep at all last night. It's like, oh my gosh. What are you doing here? (laughs) Go have a nap. Yeah. But I did the postpartum program, your program. It was awesome. It was so great. So I did, yeah, I was doing, I was only doing like the, I wasn't, doing the weighted ones, but I was just, it was just to start moving my body again. And I think I did that three month mark. Yeah. And that, that felt really good and supportive and nourishing. It wasn't anything intense. It was just, you know, shorter workouts that I could get moving, but my body felt, yeah, it just felt good. <laughs> good. <laughs> and that's what it's all yeah. about. Um, mm. so Cass, I think that we've covered some pretty big subjects today. Yeah. Um, thank you so much for sticking around for part two to tell us, um, about your eggs plan, about your journey into motherhood, about the loss of your beautiful, precious mother who, who is still right here with you. 
Um, <laughs> we like to ask all of our guests at the end of the podcast, um, what's made them feel awesome lately? Because our mission as a business is to MPFFA, in case anyone's missed that yet. <laughs> our mission statement is make people feel fucking awesome. Um, and we love to hear what our guests have made them feel awesome lately. Um, well, I had a comment yesterday from someone, a compliment yesterday that made me feel fucking awesome. And I was getting my nails done because my birthday tomorrow. So I was like, I'm going to get my nails done for the first time in a very long time. And she said to me, you're glowing. I'm like, oh, I love that comment so much. It's such a beautiful compliment. Like it just really made me feel so, so great. So that was something that someone else had done for me. Um, something for myself that's made me feel fucking awesome was, well, lately I have been really exploring, really exploring different ways of movement. And one thing that I am doing is I've always done like free movement, intuitive movement, but now I'm going down onto my yard, music on, and I'm doing this free movement but really like wild woman style and it just feels so good and I'm expressing like through my throat as well as so singing, screaming, right now. and it just makes me feel fucking awesome. <laughs> just allowing my body to move and to sound in any way that it wants to express. Um, so I highly recommend it. <laughs> I think it just comes down to good old-fashioned energy release, doesn't it? Sometimes you just need yeah. to let it out. Let it out. Yeah, yeah. We don't let it out enough. <laughs> well, Cass, I was actually genuinely going to say to you today that you are glowing. Yes. You are oh. actually glowing through the screen. You look so well. Um, I, I, I promise you I'm not saying that because of the compliment that you received yesterday. I mean, I oh. think she just, whoever that lady was, she hit the nail on the head. <laughs> thank you. And thank you for your generosity. Thank you for being open. Thank you for sharing your wounds and lessons so that our listeners and Dec and I can, can learn from them as well. Thanks, Cass. Aww. We always love thank what you have you. to say. <laughs> Mwah. Mwah. Love ya. <laughs> Bye. Talk soon. Love you. Bye. <laughs>